Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the podcast is with my friend Jake Blasky, aka the Limb Reaper. We talk about jujitsu. We talk about cage fighting. We talk about conspiracies. We talk about his friend who got cancer that only had seven months to live and lived for seven years and did cage fighting. We go all over the map. This was an exciting episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsy, and today I'm joined by none other than the one and only Jake Blasky, a.k.a. The Limb Reaper. How's it going, everyone? For those of you guys who don't know about who The Limb Reaper is, he's he's quite a jujitsu guy. And uh, Jake, why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you got into jujitsu where you're at with it now and and some of the things you, you've been doing in jiu-jitsu well i am a brown belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu i started out actually with no jiu-jitsu uh we were watching the ufc on tv played hockey got into some fights there so i thought i was tough and was talking talking trash with my friends and uh i was like yeah i could do that and couple days later I got signed up for a fight and you know I lost but you know it was really exciting so I thought I won and you know all the girls that would message you it felt like you won signed up for a fight like cage fight yeah cage fight yeah just got got the call um I was actually hammered and my buddy called me he's like what are you doing I'm like come party with us he's like stop right now you're fighting and I'm like when he's like two nights from now you gotta weigh in tomorrow night and next thing I knew I was fighting he had lied off his ass, told him I'd been training a bunch, and yeah, I had zero training. So <laughs> I didn't do terrible, but I didn't do great. Did I, you get it? You got a video of it? Oh, yeah. There's a video. Oh, I got to see it, bro. It. Yeah, it, it went all three rounds, and with like 10 seconds left, I actually got TKO'd. And and I lost, but you know, you I, hung in there for three rounds. Yeah, and I broke my hand like right off the start of the fight, so oh, no. I didn't really know what I was gonna do the rest of the fight. Uh-huh. And at one point, I remember being put in a rear naked choke, and there was like ten seconds left. And I looked over at my cornerman, and I didn't know any defenses really. I'm just grabbing for his arm, yeah, basically. And he's like, "Don't fucking tap," and I yeah. And I, and I didn't tap. I made it to the buzzer. And then the third round, I just had nothing. And 10 seconds left, got TKO'd. But, Hilarious. Yeah. And then four fights later, started 0-4, decided I would do some jujitsu, And uh, found some place in Port Townsend, Washington with one of the original Dirty Dozen, Steve Maxwell. And uh, didn't know he was a legend in the sport until you know way way later on in my jiu-jitsu career and trained with him for a while and i won 14 fights straight after that so i broke a lot of arms with arm bars and somehow my buddy nicknamed me the limb reaper and the rest is history okay so were you breaking arms in fights or training partners oh in fights in fights no not in training okay in training that was kind of like to get better i was kind of the wild guy at first so i had to learn to calm down Uh but Never was I the guy that like broke people's arms. So you're not, or you're not like, like uh, Boo Samir Polharis or whatever. No, no, no Polharis and people. Yeah, yeah that guy. I'm just, that's a scary looking dude. 
you could just tell, like, when they're like, oh, yeah, he's fucking all of his training partners up. You just look at him, and you're like, yeah, he kind of looks like a nightmare walking, dude. It's super creepy, too. He's, like, juiced to the gills, and then you know when you go against him, not only if you lose, he's probably going to break your shit, but then he's not going to let go, and he's just going to keep going. Yeah. Scary. So, your brown belt, how long you been training? About... 12 years going on 13 right now how many fights have you been in in the in the cage uh amateur i had about 27 fights and professional i had about five okay and now you're just doing jujitsu yeah i kind of took it off uh you know i realized my dream of going to the ufc it just wasn't gonna happen and the money wasn't worth the damage i was taking yeah so i just do jujitsu now i do that competitively uh it's a lot of fun. Get to travel. You to travel. Are you sponsored by anybody? Uh, on and off. Sometimes I have sponsors. Currently, I don't have any sponsors, but um, I sponsor myself. There you go. You know, work weekends, extra overtime, pay for all your jujitsu trips that way. Yeah. And uh, have you ever like been in the rankings or anything like that? Uh, for jujitsu or anything? not really for jujitsu. Uh, you know, I've had I've won golds at some tournaments uh uh been on some pretty big cards and whatnot but the top level you know i'm I'm not quite there yet yeah and so i talked to you what was like a few like a month ago and when we were talking about finally doing this podcast because you've been talking about doing a podcast for a long time and we've and finally and you're you're you were like out of town at a jujitsu competition. Yeah, yeah. I went down to Texas and yeah, we were trying to schedule for a while and just things kept coming up and it's we live right down the road from each other too. Yeah. Should have happened. But uh but yeah, uh no, I went down and competed at the Pan Ams. It's uh one of the bigger tournaments of the year, uh, with the uh, the IBJJF format. And uh went down there, did not have the best results ever, had an all right match, but ended up getting caught in a submission in the first match and you know it was a one and done kind of tournament uh-huh. so went down there and uh, competed competed a couple weeks later in a one-off match for uh this uh puff puff pain little event over in seattle but other than that it's been kind of quiet lately yeah you've been training a lot of jujitsu yeah every day oh shit, every day okay. um Hell yeah, he's on sometimes it. i take off a day on the weekends here and there yeah yeah so it's good to give your body a rest i mean i i was uh a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago i was uh i was i went to kickboxing three times that week did some light sparring after for about 20 25 minutes after kickboxing came home knocked out a hundred pull-ups and 200 push-ups and lo and behold within a week i was sick and i think I mean, I know that this, you know, this chick got me sick, but uh, I think also part of it was I was just fucking hitting it too hard for a 45-year-old man. Oh, for sure. Definitely wears you down. Anytime I get into a fight camp, I'm way more susceptible to any kind of sickness. And it's like you were saying, you just wear your body down. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it still feels good, you know, to be my age and be able to fucking... You know, go fucking do crazy cardio and kickboxing and... I've seen you out there. You're an animal. 
I don't know about an animal. I keep getting fucking cracked in the ribs. You saw when Jake Blast, uh, Jake uh, Miguel, hit me in the liver that one time and dropped me, right? I was like, oh, he got me in the liver. And then Cody's like, Jeremy, what are you doing? We still got 15 minutes left. Sparred for another 15 minutes. I got home, and I've been hitting the liver before. I got home, and I felt clicking. And I was like, oh, no, he may have hit you in the liver, but he cracked one of your ribs. And so I was out for three weeks. Couldn't do shit but walk, and even that hurt. But I've had a dozen rib injuries since my early 20s. Uh, Then... I came back, and I think it was six weeks in between, maybe seven weeks in between rib injuries, sparring with Jake again, and he did a sidekick on me and cracked my rib next to my sternum. And I was just like, shit. So I can heal my joints and bones way quicker than ever because of you know supplements and red light therapy and... You know, little massage things that I do and TENS machines and my diet. But when you take six weeks off, your muscles atrophy everywhere and it affects other parts of your body. So after those two rib injuries, I came back to the gym and I started punching the bags again. And now my shoulders and elbows are killing me because there's no, you know, I hadn't been punching for the painful cycle. Oh, yeah. So then, so you didn't see me probably in the gym for, I started going again about three weeks ago, but I stayed away for like two months because I had just been doing massive amounts of pull-ups and push-ups and squats and, you know, doing strength and conditioning to get my, you know, shadow boxing with three-pound weights and, you know, just trying to do it that way. And I've been feeling a lot better lately, but yeah. Totally. Especially, I've noticed as I got older... You need that more time. You don't just heal overnight anymore. Sometimes it takes that extra day or two. Oh, yeah. So, you know, with the rib injury, I just add a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm sure you've had some rib injuries in your day. Unfortunately. Yeah. They're, they're, those are... That's crazy because every time some, I get that, like, to me, you go to the hospital, you need to go... And I, in, in the past, a couple times, for a couple of them, I did go get x-rays and shit. But even the doctor said the last time before I got an MRI or an x-ray, he's like, he's like, I'm telling you right now, nothing's puncturing any of your organs. It's just a very painful injury. You're going to need to go home and rest for a couple weeks. But to make you feel at ease, if you would like to do this MRI, we could do that. And I was like, yeah, I want to do it. And he's like, yeah, not, no hairline, you know. He's like, You're, you just got like a hairline fracture. You just got to take it easy. I mean, this was like 11 years ago. But, uh, yeah, so now, I mean, I've, fuck, that, I've had five, six rib injuries since th- that injury. And I just, every time, I'm just like, no, I'm just going to ice it and relax. And, and uh, let's, I kind of got a system for the rib injuries. But, you know, you get older and. Yeah, it's harder to bounce back from that shit. So, have have you gotten some serious injuries during your uh, any of your? I know you did. I remember you saying I think you got your ankle jacked up one time. So yeah, a couple years ago, I was at Masters Worlds and I got kind of a little, uh, you know, when you you see that victory, so you just keep going. Yeah. But unfortunately, the guy that you were going against also saw that victory. Yeah. And uh, he got to the finish line before me, so to speak. And uh, I was going for a knee bar. And uh, 
we're in Las Vegas. It's the first day I'm there for a week, of course, how I plan my trip. And uh, it's another one of those one-and-done tournaments. And this is uh, the match to go go to uh, the bronze bronze medal match right so i'm really trying for it i'm just going for this knee bar and i just come a little close and he gets me in what's called toe hold Ugh. and he reefs on it but i think i'm gonna finish it first is and that I, where you push? yeah kind of you get the kimura grip on the on the foot and you're twisting on the toes making a fulcrum point on the ankle yes on the, on the shin bone and uh so he's twisting on that and all of a sudden i hear pop 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 and he stops and i don't tap and then uh the ref looks at us and he's like i didn't stop the match and i go no i tap i tap and the guy's like that was crazy and sure enough i broke my ankle and uh it was the same thing you were saying uh you you don't want to ever go to the hospital so i just wrapped it really tightly the whole weekend and walked around las vegas all weekend with it taped as well as i could got home and sure enough Were you I on fresh... crutches or anything oh no i was just hobbling around getting drunk huh no unfortunately no wasn't getting drunk because uh I, I'm, not, I'm i'm actually not really a drinker so yeah me neither so uh i used no, to be I, I was smoking a little bit, you know, okay. taking care of the pain. You're on that on that that Diaz brother diet. Yeah, using that earth medicine. Yeah. Shit, was that one of the worst injuries? Probably that would probably be the worst injury that I've had. Uh, I got knocked out in an MMA fight and uh, couldn't f- remember where I put my wallet or my keys. Anytime I'd set them down for three months, that okay. might be probably the worst injury I would say as far as. Probably the most Mild damaging. CTE or whatever. Right, yeah. Which is crazy because now I'm uh, super into doing these adrenaline junkie things, like jumping out of airplanes, going wing walking, doing things like What's that. What's wing walking? So wing walking, it's it's in squim. I'm I'm getting ready to do it. Uh, it's uh, a a gal at the gym just did it, and uh, you go up on a biplane and you you stand on top of it and you clip in. And you're flying up in the air on top of the wings of the plane clipped in on like a safety harness. And it does like a barrel roll and loop to loop and dive bombs to the ground. And yeah, it's my next thing. Nice. And I Googled it and it just so happens it's in Squim, Washington. Small little town like that. It's like you'd never think. How long are you up there for? I don't really know yet. Um, uh, they, I think they fly out over to the lakes, so I don't know how long that takes from here. I mean, but do you know how long they're going to keep you in the harness for? Uh, I, I don't really know. You have, From what I understand, uh, I haven't been yet, so I I, I've okay. only got kind of the vague, yeah. vague idea of it. That's just my next one that is on my list that I'm getting ready to do. And uh, you go up and... From what I understand, you got to crawl up to that spot while the plane's in the air. So, I don't know. It's going to be wild, man. <laughs> You're not. Oh, and the other thing is you can't wear a parachute. No parachute on you this whole time because if it were to deploy accidentally, oh, yeah. it'd be whole. catastrophic. Yeah, it'd be catastrophic. But you think about that. You're like, well, I hope this harness works. But I guess that's the same thing in a parachute. You're hoping that harness works. I mean, 
by the time you hit the ground, if the harness doesn't work, you'll be on the most epic DMT trip. It won't even register. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. I've, I've also heard Our people m- die before they even hit the ground because their adrenaline goes so wild. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it'll like our bodies are pretty crazy how like, you know, you look at a lot of animals and they're like fighting, they're fighting, then they surrender and you're like, oh, cool. The DMT set in and now they're just on this crazy hallucinogenic journey. Yeah, they got that, like, getting their guts eaten. That out. stare, that death stare where they're not even there, really. They're, yeah. like, in another dimension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. I, I've, I've always wanted to jump out of a plane because I don't want to jump out of a plane. I was, I'm, I'm terrified of flying. Yeah. I hate flying. Oh, uh, I like flying. I just, the thought of, par- you know, jumping out of a plane has always freaked me out, which is probably why I need to do it. That's how I felt. I was probably... That's what I've done with hallucinogens. It's like, oh, I'm terrified of that. I should probably do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can agree with that. Uh, I've, I've all, you, But I think it helps because you respect it. And I think yeah. that keeps you from freaking out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, no, no. And then, and then, like, just I just look back on my life and all the shit that I've been through. And I'm like, I already know, like, even being, like, in, like, some of the most hallucinogenic shit, ayahuasca and, you know, massive amounts of lsd and shit like that and not flipping my lid but knowing that other people have so always being like just fucking tripping hard and still being like dude don't lose your shit it'll be all right this will this too shall pass it's like knowing your place in the universe kind of there like you know you're not bigger than the drug i guess uh that you're not bigger than whatever you're you're high on at that time it it controls you still yeah but you're along for that ride and it's it's teaching you kind of oh absolutely uh, it's you, you talk to anybody that's done any kind of hallucinogenic and they can talk to you on a different level it seems like you know. yeah well because they, i feel like you know all, all these people that are saying they're atheist and this and that it's like yeah well clearly you've never taken a hero's dose of mushrooms or acid or drank ayahuasca because that'll give you a little bit of a different perspective on shit you know like you start to see the connection between all things you may even have some past life experiences regressions whatever you want to call them you may get the the, the rare and and almost untouchable uh glimpse of being part of eternity and knowing what eternity f- truly feels like that's really hard for people to imagine what eternity feels like but i have felt eternity and uh yeah man you stop you just there's no place for man knowing all the answers when we live in this endless cycle of creation on this planet something had to have created it i mean that's the part that that like fucking blows me away with science is you know because that's like the biggest community that that touts atheism is these scientists but you know and they always love to act like they're so fucking intelligent but it's like i can just debunk so much of your popular science it's it's insane but like you know, you 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 have like this constant, endless stream of creation happening around you, twenty four seven. Spiders creating webs, clouds creating rain, oceans creating waves, bookmakers creating books, authors creating stories, women creating children. But there's no creator. It's just a random accident that fucking brought all this together. It's like no, dude. There's a natural law and order to things, and the more you 
try and play God as man and we just constantly watch man fuck everything up. But it's it's so crazy that all these science people or people say they believe in science. It's like, how did you not? That's just simple. It's like, how did you ignore those simple patterns? I mean, to me, it's simple. I mean, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it took me years to discover that, but uh, yeah. I think it's it's a process because I was uh, I was raised Catholic, so it was you know you don't question anything. You know, oh you, yeah. You know, believing is seeing was kind of basically what they based it off of. Yeah. And then uh, I, I would say that doing a hallucinogenic it opens your mind up, and you start to. You know, be like, well, how did that get there? Like you were saying, like, the things that I thought I could prove with science, I don't think I could always prove with science, actually. And the real brilliant scientists are the ones, the outliers, because a lot of them believe in a creator. A lot of them believe in in, in a god or wh- whatever you want to call it, right? So, and and these are the guys that you see are like coming up with these the most incredible theory they're not following the mainstream pop science narrative and violating all these common senses and and logic and using logical fallacies to try and debunk you know a source of creation these outliers are the ones that are the ones that are doing the real innovative shit you know and even mm-hmm. you got dudes like Graham Hancock who's not even a scientist fucking just shitting on modern academia's theories of how pyramids were created and who created them and and you're just like damn this is a a journalist that's making these guys look like amateurs and these professionals don't even want to debate with this guy who's not even a scientist because yeah because he's gonna shit all over you guys (laughs) right you know, the the real intelligent people that understand common sense and logical fallacies are going to be like, oh, these guys don't even know what they're supposed, you know, their hypothesis, and it's you can't even make rational sense. That's crazy. So you got knocked out a couple times. I've been knocked out a couple times. I never got knocked out so hard that I, I couldn't. I was definitely for a few hours, I got knocked out. He was in a fucking, it was a fight in jail. I got knocked out by a heavyweight. Um, and, uh, and for a couple of hours, I was out of it for sure. Uh, but, you know, I never got hit that hard. How many times do you think you've, you've been knocked out? I've had three knockouts, but it's probably a few more than that if you count like the where you don't fully go out, yeah. you know, where you just get your, you, where you get your you shit get rocked. rocked in the gym, right? Yeah. yeah. You get rocked. And so when, I guess whenever your bell rings, you're getting concussed at, to some extent. Some, some so extent. who knows how many of those, because when, when we started, it was, who was the toughest, yeah. you know? And then as you get more and more into a sport, we didn't really have any MMA gyms out here. So we had to travel to them. You kind of learn, Oh, you're training like, an idiot you don't need to actually fight every day to train you know so in the beginning man we would just rock each other all the time yeah you know so but so as you learn you get better i would say probably about four times of actually being knocked out yeah as far as in mma goes yeah 
I remember when I got hit like that, I got cracked and I fell to my hands and knees and I was like, it was almost like having a seizure and like I was flickering in and out and I remember trying to get up and like have, like my body was literally seizing and I couldn't get up. I was just like fish, fish flopping or whatever you call it and, and then, uh. Yeah, and then I was just fucking out of it for a few hours after that. That'll do it to you. Yeah. Uh, so anything, uh, anything planned for future jujitsu tournaments? Anything on the horizon right now, or not really? Uh, there's a few of them coming up right now. Uh, I'm I'm looking more for the next few months of doing more seminars, going going to some people locally are putting on some seminars that i'd like to attend so instead of competing i'm gonna go more on the knowledge seeking journey right now okay uh being with trying to grow a gym out in an area where it's not that popular yeah i like to go soak up as much knowledge as i can and bring it back to the area and try to share it yeah because we train at a a small small place uh i mean it's not a small gym it's just there's a small small community yeah it's a small community it's a smaller town um so like would you say did you get into like gracie barra or like 10th planet or so i go visit those schools quite a bit okay Um, not not one individual school necessarily i i have about three or four schools that i like to go gym hop to uh out of town uh-huh. and then you in know, this state or another state uh usually in this state uh every year uh the, it's actually coming back this year the nogi summit's coming back to uh portland oregon and it's going to be at 10th planet portland so oh, rad. So, so we go there i try to go there when that's there um uh, it's a killer tournament mm-hmm. so uh that's about all I have as far as jujitsu goes coming up. Uh, but I'm also one of those guys that I see an opportunity. I jump on it. So my schedule can go from empty to full in a matter of a couple of weeks, just depending on, you know, what pays. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'm like that too. Like whenever I like have a trip planned somewhere or something, people like, so what's the plan? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm just kind of doing my thing. I'll wait. And you know, put bullet points, but no real plan. Yeah, exactly. And that's a lot of times when I feel like the magic happens is like, you just kind of fall into shit, you know, for sure. Cause if you're prepared and you're ready, like if you go on a vacation and you just know, okay, it's going to cost me some money. I know I'm going to have this set aside. It's like, Oh, Hey, there's that event. Let's go do that. You end up having a super fun trip. Cause you do what you want to do at that time. And sometimes you plan it and you're like, I don't want to go there. So it's kind of like that with jujitsu. You do three tournaments in a row and you're like, I'm kind of burnt out and you got four more lined up. Oh, jeez, Yeah. Yeah, man. Jujitsu has been, that's been a hard one for me, man. I, you know, I've, I've probably spent a good altogether eight, nine months on the mat over a decade and it always ends the same way for me. Just an injury that will heal but won't heal, if you know what I mean. Right. Just, just like just a, nags and just, Yeah, lasting. for years, you know, sternum injury, shoulder injury, 
toe injury, knee injury, just, and so I just, like all the injuries I've gotten from, you know, boxing or kickboxing, it, they just always seem to heal, you know, uh, with the jiu-jitsu ones, man, they're just, I don't know if I'm just going too hard or, you know. But could be I, a combo, you could have just had a dick rolling partner at the time too well i think can only think of one partner that was a dick and that was a young fucking heavyweight high school wrestler and that's how i got my first jujitsu injury was a sternum crack and uh it was like I, they probably they probably shouldn't have partnered me up to begin with and that, that was kind of like later in life i was just like yeah i don't really want to be partnered up with these fucking big dudes because it's always a rib injury or a fucking sternum pop or yep you know, it's like that's why, like when it, when I was like rolling with Ross, like it was it was kind of cool. But even Ross, like, and he didn't mean to do it. Fucking rib underneath my shoulder or a shoulder injury that just hasn't hasn't healed. It's been nine, ten months now, and it's like right. I got Anne Marie working on it, you know, three times a month, and it just doesn't get any better. Yeah, yeah. I stretch. A, I do. She's a wizard cupping, too, and she is a wizard. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had the worst tennis elbow for years. She's worked it out. In like two sessions of massage and acupuncture and and yeah, she, red light, she worked it out, dude. I'm talking about had it for years. I was skeptic. I was skeptic at first when I went. I was like, ah, I don't know, nothing else has worked. And yeah, she's definitely helped my back a lot. And, and for the listeners, I had Anne Marie on the podcast. It was a naturopathic episode, and we're gonna get her on again soon because specifically with what's going on nowadays, which we should get into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, fucking uh what so you played hockey. You grew up in Washington? Yeah, I grew up in Washington, uh played hockey, you know, all around the place growing up, uh just locally uh on the travel team growing up and then when I was fourteen 15 moved away from home started playing some hockey and uh is that when you got into it at 15 no i started i played my whole life since i was like a little kid i probably started at three or four so so yeah and then i played i made it you know i made it pretty far never made it to like the top levels or anything but you know i got to delay reality and play for a few years before i had to start working yeah a real job or anything like that but did you get into a lot of fights on the ice too not a lot but i got into a few i was a goalie so 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 when i got into a fight it's like you're out of the game but it was always like also when you got into a fight it was kind of a big deal so because you know the goalies don't fight very often yeah exactly but i had a knack for it in fact uh one of the reasons I thought I was tough was because towards the end of my career, I got into a fight, and there's actually a video somewhere of it. And I uh, I hit the guy, and I broke his nose, and you could hear it break in the video. So oh, I'm Jesus. like, oh, yeah, I'm such a tough guy. Little did I know I don't have hands whatsoever. I'm a jiu-jitsu grappling kind of guy. Yeah, so. that's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. Is, is that why you stuck with jiu-jitsu instead of striking? Was Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm all right. I can... I can go in there with like an amateur striker and do well, but even the top level amateur strikers can, uh, you know, they can do, they can have their way with me out there. 
And once I went professional, my grappling level was pretty high level. So it was up there and it was able to compete. But my striking wasn't quite where it needed to be. And I just wasn't able to make that next step with the striking. So I'm good at striking, but I'm not that great. And I also have a little T-Rex arms, so I don't have very much range. Yeah. So. Yeah, I always figured like, like everybody's like, well, why don't you do it? You get two more. This and that. I was like, man, I get injured all the time. And I was like, and like in a in a street fight, because I ain't training to be a fucking cage fighter. Yeah, I like to spar to stay in shape and to be active, and you know, just in case some shit happens. But chances are on a street level, I'm gonna try and do a combo and run, dude. I'm a small, you know, I'm 145, 149 on a good day. I'm not trying to go to the ground with anybody and. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to hit and run, son. Yep. Uh, but, hey, so you're talking about adrenaline junkie. Uh, have you tried the Wim Hof breathing method yet? No, I, I've messed around with it a little. Ish, so you've ished it? But Yeah, but haven't really fully committed to it. Okay. Um, I do a lot. I do believe in it. Uh, in fact, uh, there's an old uh, jujitsu video gracie's do it it's called choke and it's one of the original videos you know and i remember looking it up on youtube back in the day and they do a lot of uh breathing and you know just oxygen overloads in yes. their system and uh to hold their breath and, longer I do that. Getting choked. And, and whenever i have matches or anything like that i go through a little breathing ritual because i'm fully aware that the more oxygen i can pump into my blood the better and stuff so i do believe in it but he's a little over the top going up he's ice man right yeah, yeah he's going man. up uh didn't he climb everest with no shoes on and stuff yeah, like no, that yeah like in shorts shoes, or something shirtless in shorts yeah wild man just I've and he's taking that. people do up there to do it it's pretty crazy yeah. what the mind can do and learning some techniques it's not just the mind but yeah. It's techniques too. Yeah. Well, here's this. So I do a, it's a fusion between like a, a, a yoga breathing exercise and the Wim Hof method. And the reason why I brought it up was because a lot of times when I'm doing the Wim Hof thing, it's an adrenaline rush. You get fucking nervous. You're like, cause it's, un, it's like for, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's hard to do all that breathing. It lights you up. This morning I did a, what was supposed to be a five round Wim Hof breathing session. And I decided to do seven rounds. So once his stopped, I did two more. And the last three rounds, I was literally like going through these mini hallucinations. And when I stopped after the seventh round of doing it, bro, I was high as fuck for like 15 20 minutes after i did it like mild like it was just it was crazy bro like high bro like oh no on doubt on. i bet you went and you you took like that next level dose yeah i was like i was like fuck what'll happen i did just did five and it lit me up what'll happen if i do two more yeah. right it was I'm awesome take bro. just a little bit more of this yeah was it like Jamie Foxx said, like when he got, when he got, you know, he became famous in Hollywood. He's like, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, white people love to take you to the edge. Partying with white people. There's the fucking edge, man. Give me some more. There's the fucking edge. 
Yeah. I thought it was hilarious the way you put it. Like, it's kind of true. Yeah. You got to take it to the edge, man. Always. So, you know, this is a conspiracy podcast. And uh, is there anything you have questions about or anything you've been thinking about? A theory you have or something you've been, like, looking into or... So, the newest one for me is, uh, well, obviously, there's the coronavirus thing. Okay. And it's tracing it. That's my thing, is we're finding out all this stuff now with Fauci, where you, for the last year, have been, had people talking mad. I've I've seen it on, you've been getting some hate from some people saying that you're, you're just spouting out a crock of shit and... Stuff's slowly coming true left and right, man. It's amazing how I know it a year before it happens, huh? Yeah, I'll tell you, a lot of them are coming true. Like, there are a few times I'm like, I don't know, man. And sure enough, you're right. Like, because I'm of the mindset, I'll give everything a listen. And some some guys, because the problem with conspiracy theorists is a lot of them are just... So they want it to be that way that they're not willing to look at it objectively. I but get that too. Then you get the other half of the people that that look at it objectively, and that's the half you got to weed out. You're like, that's the half I'm looking for, man. So I think it's slowly weeding out the ones that weren't there and the ones that are. A lot of it was like, it was like I don't want it to be true. I like, I don't legit don't want to be right because being right oh in the end leads to massive death a possible uh, global domination i don't believe that that's going to happen though i, I don't think these uh, the, the people that are in power trying to do all this shit they're, they're not working with the most high they're working with the most low and vi- constant violations of natural law you know and um so i i think that a massive, particularly in the last year, I've seen so many people fucking wake up. People that I never would have thought. People that were super, you know, indoctrinated. Like, hitting me up, asking me questions. Or like, tell me, I remember when you told me this. And I looked into it. And it's, it's fucking crazy. And and it's like, a lot of this shit can be pre-predicted based off of the, you know the, you know who's Dr. Fauci hanging out with oh he's hanging out with Bill Gates who's he hanging out oh they're hanging out with the Clintons oh they're doing those charities in Haiti where they're trafficking children and oh Clinton's you know personal assistant gets popped trying to traffic a plane full of little kids out of Haiti and and you just these people they kind of like they collect together it's like nature I use nature a lot because nature gives us all the answer Nature and psychology, and then psychology is based off human nature. Human nature is dependent upon natural law. You know, human nature is based off mother nature. And so, like, you look at these people, they collect together like scum collects in a pond. And then you can take that a step further. Like, when you look at life, it's like dudes who do jujitsu hang out, bikers hang out, skaters hang out with skaters, you know, like fucking, you know, people that do flower arrangements, hang out with people who hang out with people who do flower arrangements and satanic pedophiles hang out with satanic pedophiles because when you're in in an industry or a lifestyle that dark, no one else is going to want to kick it with you unless they're doing the same dark shit you're doing. 
and because most of us don't know people that have done shit like that or that are doing things like that, that that type of shit to most of humanity is foreign. But if you grow up in a in a wealthy, I'm not talking about a rich, I'm talking about a wealthy family that's been in power for centuries, and you're isolated away from the rest of civilization. And not only are you isolated away from the rest of civilization, the media is already bought and paid for. So when they do a 60 Minutes interview on you, they're doing the most positive highlights of your trip to Ibiza. And so they've they've created a narrative of who you are, what you are. You're a theatrical character. In real life, we don't know who you are when the cameras are off. No, none of them. In fact, I mean, you see it with like a lot of these people at the top. Uh, they end up getting divorces, and all of a sudden, their spouses are all major philanthropists now. Oh, yeah. And it's like, why weren't they giving that money out before? Like, why did something have to change there? And then where's that path going to lead? Well, anytime yeah. I hear somebody's a philanthropist, I instantly think child trafficker. Yeah. No bullshit, bro. That's the first. So, so here's the key that I tell people: anything mainstream narrative at this point wasn't this bad five, ten years ago. Eh, maybe about five years ago, ten years ago, it was bad, but it wasn't this bad. At this point, anything your television tells you, it's the opposite, dude. Well, it's 100%. not philanthropy if they're taking credit for it at the end yeah. of the day. It's it's advertising themselves, you know, and pushing a narrative that they want to push. Whatever they want, that puts them in the spotlight. They can push it however they want. And then so you also got to think, if you're so praised by the mainstream media or the history books or whatever, another clear sign to me, fucking pedophile, child trafficker. Benjamin Franklin, all these, all these popular people in history, Helen Keller. All pieces of shit, part of the fucking club, the satanic pedophile club, all of them. Fucking, you know, a lot of these authors that are, oh, you know, Aldous Huxley and all this. The Huxleys are pieces of shit. They didn't, they didn't predict anything. They planned it. This, they, what they wrote years ago was a spell they were casting on humanity. And now it's coming to fruition because these people know you can be an architect of your reality. You know you can be an architect of your reality. You're like, fuck, what do I want to do? Uh, I want to do carpentry during the week and I want to travel and do jujitsu when I got free time and live out my fucking dreams as a fucking, you know, when I was a little kid, I love, you know, when we were little kids, we loved the Ninja Turtles. It's like, okay, cool, I'm going to become a Ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, you know what yeah. I mean? He's like, 100%. So we're, we're the architects of our own reality. Anybody that gets to travel off their art is an architect of their reality, right? And that's what these guys know. These guys know they're an architect of their reality, and they're so greedy, they've tried to become, and it works, an architect of a massive amount of realities around the planet. And that's like what 9-11, COVID-19, all this shit is. It's a massive ritual. It's a massive sculpture of reality for a bunch of people who are kind of disempowered you know they just kind of always did what they were told they always you know got good grades or followed the rules and they thought that that was going to pan out well i've always broke the rules and i suffered a lot from it but in the end i look back and it's like you know you with jujitsu or mma or whatever like a lot of that shit was fucking painful and but lo and behold now you're competing 
around the planet, right? So I just look at all the fuck-ups when I was young. Yeah, that shit was painful. It was like I was obsessed to against this system. I've Since I was a little kid, I've fucking hated the news. I hated their fake smiles. They're like, oh, 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 laughing at shit that wasn't funny. You know, the world's falling apart, and they're talking about what the president's eating for lunch. And I noticed this shit at a young age. I felt the same way about teachers in school and the bullshit they were teaching us in school. And so I rebelled and I suffered a lot. But looking back, it was like, no, dude, you were obsessed with finding a different way outside of the system. And lo and behold, it's panned out. Yeah, I mean, you seem to have a pretty good gig. You get to provide for yourself doing something you love. Yeah. You have broken the mold of the system kind of and the podcast is just for fun i don't get paid on it you know i've I've lost more money than i made on it but it was never about oh i'm gonna get famous podcast and it was about holy shit is in the new world order is trying to fucking swindle everybody with a scamdemic now and i've got 20 years of conspiracy info in my head maybe i should just drop heat on people and see if i can get some people or maybe people had questions about something and I just, you know, touch on it or expand upon it or whatever, you know. But uh, what are some of your favorite conspiracies or some of the more interesting, intriguing ones that you, you feel like that just doesn't seem right? or? Uh, well, I'm, I'm really big into the the Hitler one that that whole thing uh I like that whole uh hunting Hitler that great. thing it yeah. kind of got me down that whole rabbit hole there but then you look through and that's, there's other cases in history where things don't lead up like uh the, the next one I went into was of course everybody goes to the Kennedy one yes and uh you see these these things so i'm i'm more starting to uh i guess i'm starting to broaden my horizon uh-huh. as far as the conspiracies go because you know i was all i wasn't really mainstream media yeah but i was no media which is almost worse you know then you're well because then people. you're just getting the info from social exactly, media exactly from other people it, yeah and, and you're like oh well, my friend said this Which they can push it however they want it exactly and it's been pushed on them however they want it so i've been starting to do my research more uh, i uh, everybody has like the aliens but i would say uh my my biggest one lately is uh i've been looking into the nuclear waste I've heard, you know, I've heard different things on that. Like, I've heard that Fukushima was a hoax. I heard that it happened, but I've heard that the radiation from nuclear waste isn't as high as they like us to believe. And I don't know if that's true or not, because I haven't done a lot of research on it. But what I do know is true is fucking time magazine in the 60s and 70s was telling us about how global freezing was coming and global cooling and then the 80s told us that the ozone layer was being depleted and the 90s told us about mad cow bird flu swine flu the medfly epidemic and 2000 told us the inconvenient truth that we're running out of water 
and I lived in Hawaii in the Pacific Northwest, and it's piss and rain 24-7, so I know that's a fucking lie. 2010, it's uh, global warming, and now it's climate change, so could the nuclear thing be a hoax? Sure. I don't know for sure. What do you know about that? It's just weird because they employ so many people, so they're putting a lot of money in to employ people to work on it all the time, but then it's everywhere, supposedly, so... My, what, nuclear my, waste? Yeah, nuclear waste, you know? Okay, yeah. Like, there's different places. We're not the only country with nuclear waste, right? Of course right? not. You know, so it's all over the place, right? Um, how, how much of it's really get? are we really getting rid of? Or how much is it just getting brushed under the table? And uh, they're, they're causing deaths, like, you know, it gets into the environment and stuff like that. And that's kind of where I'm looking now is like, what's up with that? Like, you know, the areas that are downstream, yeah, uh, they get a lot of, uh, you know, higher cancer rates and stuff like that, you know. So yeah. I guess I've, that's my next one I want to look into more. Yeah, that'd be an interesting all one. The, all the nuclear waste and uh, how it affects the regions around it. Yeah, that's the thing with like the whole climate change bullshit is like it's like wow, it's a, it's amazing. Like, you know, I'm not a registered voter or anything, but it's amazing that climate change only seems to affect the really leftist areas, the people that are pushing it the hardest. It's like California, Oregon, Washington, they all light on fire and then the mainstream media is telling you it's climate change, but then you got private journalists showing you videos of arsonists getting arrested and shit like that. And then you got Australia, which I got deported out of, which I figured out 17 years ago was a police state they're lit on fire and and you know super leftist area and just all the most leftist areas canada they're the ones that are the most affected by climate change but then you got dry ass places like arizona and the midwest and like lo and behold they're not catching on fire and it's like they're even drier than the northwest like it's just so amazing to me how they can just carry these narratives and as far as like nuclear waste goes it could very well be 100% real, uh, but you never know. It might not be as dangerous or deadly as they say. I'm not saying it's it's not. I'm just saying, like, you know, the more I fucking start discovering shit, I'm just like, dude, like, so many, sh- so many things happening in science and quantum physics are just, to me, just adult fairy tales created to make people feel more intelligent than they really are, and... Like, a lot of it's just hokey bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. I just mean, like, I'm more into, like, the, the like, cover-ups, like, yes. in these areas that, like, when these plants have, like, you got the, what was it, Crimea, Three Mile Island, all these places, yeah. and all the... Chernobyl and all Chernobyl, that. yeah, you know, all that stuff, um, and all of that, uh, and the effects, and every country's always trying to, like, hide it. Yeah. And it's like... That that intrigues me. Like, what was going on? And that's what I want to look into, which obviously I'll never know. And if I got close, I probably wouldn't. Well, be and there's even this shit, too, dude. Like, is, is nuclear waste dangerous? I mean, I'm under the um, uh, impression that, yes, if it's real, 100%, it probably is. Uh, and I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying I like to question everything. 
there's also like they could be clearing specific places out for for dumbs for deep underground military bases or you know I thought about that yeah dude like these motherfuckers are smart this these nwo secret society motherfuckers are smart dude i mean that's what they're they're career criminals but their career has lasted centuries so like their family members their ancestors have been ruling over and taking social uh, statistic scores over humanity for centuries. So they know if they do a specific thing in a certain area, more than likely 90 to 95% of the people are going to react a certain way. So it's, it's fuck the, the psyops are so crazy. It's like, I agree with you. Like a lot of conspiracy theorists, they just take it in a direction like, I don't know, bro, that's crazy. You know, like, you know, it's like David Icke. Do you hear the reptilian conspiracy, mm-hmm. right? I used to be, so that's so stupid. That's so fucking dumb. In the last year, outside of the video footage of a lot of these media people and, and elite celebrities and all this stuff, their eyes literally turning into the eyes of snake on camera, like their pupils turning into fucking reptilian eyes. The they just passed in the last two weeks a, a bill supporting uh, human animal hybrids, and now they in Hollywood's coming out now in the last year with all these hybrid shows. Well, I know Hollywood's all about predictive programming and spellcasting. You know that's why The Simpsons knew, you know, years in advance about Trump's election or you know any number of things that they they put out vaccine shit cartoons doing global pandemics with vaccines, mass vaccines and things like that. It's predictive programming. So like now I'm like, well, holy shit. Like if the Nazis were getting otherworldly technologies to create UFOs, because I'm sorry, guys, UFOs aren't alien technology. It's planet Earth technology. And if the aliens are here or there are aliens, they're in the fucking ocean or they're in the fucking earth, dude. Or they're in Antarctica. You know, they're somewhere here on planet earth, dude. I don't think they're coming from outer space. And another thing is, I've seen UFOs. I know UFOs exist 100%. I've seen them multiple times. We've seen multiple videos on them. I've seen them multiple times in person from L.A. to Hawaii. I've seen them on Hawaii, on the island of Kauai. I've seen them in the Arizona desert. I've seen them all over. seen them in Yosemite. Um... My thing with that whole alien agenda is is we got cameras on every fucking corner. Where the fuck are the aliens at? Where's the footage of the aliens? Doesn't exist, right? But, uh, you know, so, yeah, man, I lost my fucking train of thought. What the fuck was that? What were we rambling on about? <laughs> uh, dude, I'm a little lost there. Like, it started out. Nuclear. Oh yeah, the nu- nu- and, nuclear. And then we went to dumbs we deep went, under military. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we went on like this rabbit. So that's oh, that's the reptilians, dude. So like fucking, so with the animal hybrids, like dude, if if they're passing a bill right now for human animal hybrids, that tells me, oh, they've been doing this shit for thirty years since Dolly, 
the cloned sheep came out. Oh, they, they've been doing that for 30 years. So they are getting the technology from somewhere, right? My whole thing is, you look back at all the glyphs from around the world, they all have reptilian gods. The snake, the serpent, Quetzalcoatl, St. Patrick chased the serpents out of Ireland. We know there's no snakes there. Right. Snakes there. The Egyptian pyramids, the the snakes and the alligator gods. and I mean, this is like Asia, the dragon people, right? I've always been been fascinated by all the similarities and that's the kind of stuff see that's the kind of conspiracy stuff i'm into yeah why are all these different cultures that way and uh back to that religion thing it's it was how every religion has the same common core values yes to kind of mold a society uh that's that's what i was saying how i started out super hardcore catholic and then as i grew older i kind of like branched out and started looking at other things, you know, because I feel like as a intelligent human being, you should kind of question everything. Yeah. And, uh, so you look around and what I've come to the conclusion is they all kind of have this core, core system of, uh, quote unquote values that if followed, create a certain type of society that kind of makes everybody act within certain lines. Moral compasses. Yeah, moral compasses and a boundary setting. Um, So in a sense kind of is setting up that baseline. And it's like how all of that started. Yeah. Each one has a different story for how that started. And it's like, who wrote that story? Yeah. And was it pertaining to that specific area or, you know, the, the diversity in those stories was it based off these guys live in tents and these guys live in caves? Or, right. Like you, you know. go back to humans. If you go with the Adam and Eve story, it's like, oh, God created them. Well, who created God? Like there's always that who, who, who. In all who. the religious books, in, it always in says. In any of them, it's like who created the creator? It's like. In all the religious books, it says God always is and always was. Yeah. It's like. And I'm like, maybe our little pea earth brains. We just don't yeah. have the capacity to understand. Yeah, because then you got people that are into the simulation theory. It's like, is is there interdimensionals? There's there's so many different routes I'm that you more, could go. I'm more into interdimensionals than I am aliens now. I used to really be into aliens and all that stuff. Now I think there's because there's different types of UFOs, right? So you have like the saucer, German technology. Werner von Braun technology, Nazi technology, which is why they were in Antarctica. And who the fuck were they talking to in Antarctica? I think, yes, that, that that could be a lot of these elites, these royals, these bloodlines, blue bloods, right? Are they, are they reptilian hybrids? Is it possible? I mean, shit, bro. The more... The more sober I've gotten, the longer I've not partied, the more healthy I've gotten, the deeper into meditation I've gotten, the crazier my capacity to not even bend reality, but to consider certain certain things in reality. And it's like my head's clearer than ever, dude, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, is it possible that these motherfuckers are, are, are human 
reptile hybrids, descendant of the, the, the serpent, Luciferians, whatever you want to call it, Anunnaki's. Enlightened people, quote-unquote. Yeah, but they're, they can't be enlightened because they do the antithesis of the opposite of natural law, right? So... I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, like, they want you to believe that a lot of these movements are organic, uh, climate change, and, you know, there's the, I go back to that one because it's like, yeah, well, the people telling you about climate change are the shareholders or corporate owners of businesses creating merchandise and products that harm the environment. So if they're so fucking concerned about the, you know, the climate and the environment, why aren't they being, you know, having guidelines and mandates put on their businesses? They want to convince us that it's you and me that are behind climate change, but they want to take private jets everywhere. They want to keep manufacturing styrofoam. They want to keep creating Monsanto pesticides. They want to keep using plastics and all, and all this other bullshit that's fucking the earth up. And they're blaming us, but it's like, you guys provide all this shit. And you guys know that it's toxic, and then you blame us for it. And then most of humanity is too stupid to see the game being played on them. So they're like, yeah, climate change, we got too many people. And it's like, and I don't know about you, but whenever I travel, I look down at the ground, and I'm like, damn, like 60 70% of the earth is uninhabited, which tells me climate uh overpopulation is a fucking myth if you're in a sick ass city where there's homelessness gang violence trash everywhere it's overcrowded all these emfs are fucking going off fucking with your brain and your neurochemistry and shit like that it's easy for you to think oh my god the world is so overpopulated but when you leave the city and you get to a place like we live in and you're like i don't know man it's there's a lot of open areas i don't know i tried to go to a lake today and it was packed, and I thought but maybe tourists. we're a little too populated. No. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean, bro. Like, like all these uninhabited areas, dude. Yeah. Oh, we, we, you know. Oh, it's too hot to grow food here. Cool, we could grow it indoors in a warehouse with aquaponics, right? Like they want to, they want to give you this, 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 <clears throat> this concept of scarcity, right? Everything's scarce. These resources are scarce. I don't believe that at all, bro. Just think about how much fucking gold has has been manufactured. And they're still finding more gold, right? Like, I mean, it's like, dude, they've been creating computers since the fucking 70s, right? They can recycle all this shit. Is there really a fucking scarcity thing going on here? Like, like even with the the beef thing that happened during COVID, oh, we're running out of beef. It's like, no, a lot of these people were getting bribed by politicians or corporate interests to close down their fucking farms for some fucking reason. When they could have just been harvesting beef mm-hmm. or, you know, all the vegetables that got... Did you hear about that when they threw away all the vegetables and all rotted? Yeah, on? yeah. Dude, there's no scarcity. There's what there is is there's fucking bureaucracy going on, creating tensions and turmoil and fear everywhere, and we fall for the okie doke. Yeah, I mean. Yep, I can see that. Yeah, uh, have you ever looked into how? Uh,
I had something, but I wanted to wait for you to finish, and I try not to. Like, oh yeah. So I always, no jump in, bro. Yeah, do but, it. But sometimes throw me in a toehold. Like I try not to uh, keep a thought on my brain when somebody else is talking because I find I'm not listening. If I've got a thought ready, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for you to finish talking. Then you know, so I like. Yeah. I and you're a mellow out. stoner, so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mild, <laughs> mild to more on the heavy yeah but you know you couldn't remember what it was no i lost it man i lost it yeah man i'm starting to think that all the craziest conspiracies are fucking true because like the older i get i said it to you earlier truth inevitably always is stranger than fiction you can't write a fucking movie as weird as real life stories it's fucking impossible you can write some weird shit david lynch mulholland drive that was a fucking weird one you know the fountain was pretty weird beautiful and incredible but pretty weird but yeah i feel like real life man the weird the weirder the conspiracies are the more i'm starting to consider them now i'm like what what makes these guys think this and how can i tie yeah, see, you're way deeper than I am. I'm still on the like the Barry Seal, CIA type stuff, you know, and and so I'm just kind of dabbling right now. But it's weird. The more you see, the more makes you question other things. You know, anytime you see one, you're like, well, they killed that guy. Why wouldn't they kill him? And then you're like, well, who am I? <laughs> you know, so exactly. If they'll kill that guy, what am I going to get? They're taking out presidents on national television? Right. You tell me that these vaccines might not be fucking engineered for population control? Because if you get everybody to agree... Oh, sorry. Did I just... Was that playing footsie with you? No, we're good. Um, If you can get everybody to agree to take something that may be harmful for them, well, I... Free will, they chose it, right? Yeah. How can we be held responsible for that, right? But again, it's like it goes back to like who's creating this shit, and in and I just look at so much of our reality and modern reality, and I'm gonna I gotta hit you with one more thing because I think this will this might blow your mind too. Um. Well, we can just create a problem, coronavirus, and we can create a solution. And on top of creating the solution, we can make all this money and we can eliminate a lot of the people because we get off on these these death rituals, wars and, you know, dumping fucking oil in the ocean. I I think most of those were staged and purposely done. Um, I think they're part of their fucking weird cult rituals to kill the the, the animals and to get us sick with cancers from the the petroleum and the chemicals and whatever else they're dumping in those fucking oceans because, you know, it just leads to fucking more profit for them or more control for them. So martial arts, a lot of people don't know that martial arts was created by impoverished, very abused and fucked with villagers. And who was abusing them? The monarchs, the shoguns, 
the 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 royalty in Asia was fucking these people up. So they had to create martial arts so they could fight against the government, basically. And there, I mean, sure, there's there's other martial arts created for entertainment, like Muay Thai or whatever. But a lot of like these martial arts were created to fight the fucking corrupt government. It was, you know, I, I assume they were trafficking their children back then too. Oh, we're just gonna go steal a bunch of kids from the village, right? They could get away with it. Like, who's gonna stop them? But uh, yeah, man, it's like like. And then when I look at a lot of like the real major dudes in the conspiracies on the front lines right now are people that are very outspoken that are famous. You got David Nino Rodriguez, ex-world champion boxer. You got Pat Militage, Conspiracy Farm. You got fucking Eddie Bravo, 10th Planet. You got, what's it, what that guy's name? He's a Gracie. Uh, he trained with Eddie Bravo. I forget his name. He fights in the UFC. Uh, Young Gray Kendall Gray I th- I can't remember his Crone Gracie Crone Gracie friends with Eddie Bravo right I'm not sure kicks it with those guys I don't know how I don't know if the Gracies and them are really that tight still N- oh yeah I don't know I'm pretty sure that he was kicking it with Eddie Bravo I think it was Crone because Crone fights in the UFC right I'm pretty sure I don't know if he's still there I thought he fought in the UFC younger Gracie right yeah 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 so him. And then there was another guy that we were talking about earlier, another martial arts guy that was, you know, talking about yeah. crazy shit. Mm, like that stoner thing in me again. Yeah. Shit. Um, Goddamn, we were just talking about it right before. We yeah. should press play earlier. Yeah, we should <laughs> press play earlier. But yeah, dude, I think that like, it just hasn't changed and here we are now, years later, and shit that I was talking about 10 years ago trying to wake my family up to, and they were all calling me crazy, and then they all wanted to talk to me about Epstein, and I was like, Mom, I told you eight years ago at Thanksgiving, the world was ran by satanic pedophiles, and they're celebrities, musicians, scientists, doctors, lawyers, corporations, politicians, and you guys all told me I was fucking crazy and to not talk about that shit. And I was talking about it with you guys because you guys are all Christians and I wanted you guys to know who your fucking enemies were instead of worshiping your enemies because your Bible told you that your enemies were going to deceive mankind. And that's what they're doing. And I'm not what you would call a Christian. I do like a lot of what these, these Abrahamic religions say, whether it's Islam, Judaism, Christianity, but I also like Buddhism and Hinduism. It's just, it's the same thing over and over again, only now, you know, five, ten years ago, you could ignore this shit. Last year, 2020, it was on your fucking doorstep. And it just, it seems like the walls are are just kind of closing in still, because, you know, we were talking about vaccine passports last year, and we were conspiracy theorists. Well, now they're a reality. You go to Israel... What do they say? Like the the Jews' famous statement for you know Nazi Germany is never forget. Well, they traded in their yellow star for a green passport. Mm-hmm. So it's like you guys were part of a Nazi takeover, and you allowed your own government to make you, 
you were the first fucking country to get a, a green travel passport. They've, they, they treated you like the Jews in, in World War II in your own fucking country. Never forget, right? So this is happening now globally. And what I'm telling people nowadays is I'm like, hey, you don't, you're you free will. You do whatever you want. It's, it's all good, man. You can ignore it. You, you know, I like to know my enemies. I like to know what, what ta- what's happening, what might possibly happen, why it's happening. Just know you could get hit out of left field. You can fucking get a knockout blow thrown to you out of nowhere because you decided, oh, it's ridiculous or I don't want to. So do you think this was a lab leak and a cover-up or a purposely done event? Because that's what I'm, I'm more fascinated in the ones that are like cover-ups um, because honestly, the other ones just scare me. Uh, I think that if it was a lab leak, they would have created a much stronger virus. Me personally, I don't, either they can and they don't create them because even the elites won't be exempt from illnesses. If they create a virus strong enough to really wipe through humanity or they don't have the technology. And a lot of times you got to remember these guys, they want you to believe they're more powerful than they are. If they were so fucking powerful, they would have already herded us in the FEMA camps. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. Like just because they haven't done it doesn't mean that that's not what they want. There's a reason why 10 years ago, 12 years ago, people were posting videos of FEMA camps with hundreds of thousands of coffins out in front of them with fucking rail systems going through them looking like modern day concentration camps. That's what these motherfuckers want. But if if they were so powerful they would have done it. Clearly they want an air of mystery so is it possible they could create something like that? Possible. But I don't think they have the technology to create a super virus. So, do you, okay, so maybe they didn't create it, but maybe they had found it. Do you think they might have been like, maybe like, hey, let's poke it with the sticks, see if it does anything type thing going on? Yeah, that's... that's and then, then it got away and it's a cover-up conspiracy? Or do you think it was a ill-intent from the beginning conspiracy because i mean it probably had bio weaponry i'll get into all of that at some point do i think that that's possible that they could have been just fucking with it this and that absolutely that's possible uh and i'm sure that they study viruses and stuff like that um the 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 problem with a lot of this i study viruses shit is you just got to look at every invention that we've ever had Oh, it's going to help us with this and that. Inevitably, it always falls into the hands of warmongers and profiteers, right? Mm -hmm. So the only reason why these motherfuckers would be studying viruses is because they're trying to figure out a way to create a super virus. You know, nature, vaccines are synthetic derivatives based off natural compounds, which means you could go straight to the fucking source and create a naturopathic vaccine or remedy to get rid of any fucking virus that you have. A lot of that information has been suppressed. So a lot of these herbs and trees, I mean, there's this book in Hawaii called Medicine at Your Feet, and that's just the herbs and plants that they knew were medicinal, right? And there's way more. And then there's combinations. Like, like look at how ayahuasca was. There's millions of plants down in the rainforest. They found two separate plants, combined them together, boiled them for a day, 
and created this epic, you know, phytonutrient thing that can clear your digestion out and take you on a hallucinogenic journey to, to the pit of your soul, right? So we don't even know if specific leaves could mix with specific weeds and create crazy healings because these fucking psychopaths have destroyed, you know, glyphs and the, the Mayans and, and all this native knowledge for their own selfish reasons. So modern science, they want to create this bull. Yeah, but polio, this and that. Polio is a fucking virus. It affects your immune system like the flu. If you have a strong immune system, you're, you're, you're immune to fucking polio. I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, but what about smallpox? Yeah, well, what did they do to the Indians? They fucking, they took their land from them. They slaughtered their relatives in front of them. They made a march miles and miles and miles after being put through war and watching their relatives die. They were freezing fucking cold. They were underfled, underfed, sleep deprived. So their immune systems were fucking shot. Right? Why didn't smallpox affect them right away when, 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 when Christopher Columbus got here? Because they waited till their immune systems were so low that it could affect them. I seriously doubt if they were living in their natural environment, healthy, hunting, immunity high, smallpox would have put a dent in them. They would have got sick for a week and been over it. It would have affected them like the chicken pox. Oh, yeah. Can't you get it from... So doesn't smallpox come from uh, milking cows or something like that? I don't know. Or a lot, a lot of like you know how they always I thought to, it was like cross species. It could be transmission bro. on that one. It could be. I don't know. But I definitely it totally makes sense about the the walking them and marching them to lower and kill off them um, on their own. Over training, quote and unquote, fear? naturally. Yeah. Heartache. Yeah. That's all going to fuck your immune system mm-hmm. up. So they could have very well been fucking with something and done that. Sure. Um, it was definitely preplanned because you had Event 201, um, which was a pandemic exercise put on by Bill Gates and the Clintons and all these motherfuckers a year and a half ago, two years ago, two and a half years ago which would be a pandemic, and then how they would have to vaccinate everybody. We know that they had the patents for these vaccines well before the pandemic even happened. Um, so basically, my interpretation of it is, is these guys knew about flu season. They latched onto the flu. They gave it a name and an identity. And the flu did what the flu always does. And, you know, it, it, it affected immune-compromised people, people that were sick, people that, you know, got cancer a few years ago, didn't change their fucking diets, didn't exercise. I mean, you were friends with a guy, and I tattooed his brother. I don't remember his name. But he used to train with you guys at the gym, and he had cancer. And he's, Oh, Jeff. Tell us about Jeff. Oh, yeah, Jeff. He was... Uh, you were close friends with him, right? Yeah, he had sarcoma. Sarcoma. It was Carposis sarcoma. Some. It was some Sarcos- really Carposis weird sarcoma. one that it, nobody had had it since like the fifties or something okay. like that. And you know, he was just your friend. He was always the kid that had cancer. Just had it forever and just kept fighting it, fighting it. How old was he when he uh, first got it? Do you know? I think he he fought it for like seven years, and I think like the most anybody had ever went was like ten years with it. So, you know, he went most die in the first couple years, and and like, you know, he just had it for so long that it became, oh, Jeff has cancer. He just does everything that we do, 
and it's just amazing that he can do it. Like we did strongman training and he would flip the tire and stuff like that. But yeah, he was going through tests all the time. Uh, really into his dogs. Uh, yeah. He's a cool guy. And so didn't they tell them right away? I mean, cause I talked to his brother a little bit about him and then he, his brother told me, Oh yeah, he was friends with Jake Blasky and Gowdy and all those guys. And he trained over there. What is his brother had said to me? Now you correct me if I'm wrong because you were good friends with him. He got diagnosed with cancer and then changed his lifestyle. Like as far as was healthy, eating started and all eating that stuff. better, oh, started man. training. That's yeah. Uh, well, so he was kind of that guy that I always thought was gonna bullshit me about. Yeah, one day I'm gonna fight and stuff. But I was always like, well, you got cancer, man. I don't think. It's going to happen. Like, he believed in himself more than I could even believe in him. And that made me believe in him even more, you know? Yeah. When you're just like, wow, he's actually doing everything he says he's going to do. And so, yeah, he uh, he lived, you know, got before he died, he's, you know, has a nice little muscle car and, and did jujitsu. He got his blue belt and, uh, he was actually one of those sneaky blue belts that can get higher belts, you know, like, oh, you're really good at that move. And uh, like they let him, you know, give him a little too much free liberty and he'll take advantage of it. But he was that little guy and, you know, he looked, you know, frailer than some. He was jacked by the time he had actually got an MMA fight and stuff. But, uh, yeah, he changed it and he was all about what he ate, how he uh everything he consumed had a certain plan it was all natural uh he was actually first guy that i really was friends with that really got down into that organic train yeah uh, and uh yeah then i realized that's the route to go to and uh but yeah no he, he changed that and i truly think that is what made him last so long was you know changing his lifestyle and his diet yeah, I mean, and think about that, dude. You're diagnosed. I think his brother said he was diagnosed with nine months to a year to live. Yeah, something. Something, something crazy. Short, and he lived and seven years. And how did you live seven years? The motherfucker became a cage fighter. Yeah, he never complained. Like, we didn't even realize how bad it was until it was, like, really bad. Like, you, like, he always knew it was bad because he'd be like, yeah, I went to the doctor and you hear, like, results and stuff but he had that like positive mindset so you know it was always like ah yeah doing great doing great type thing but really wasn't pretty impressive what you can do through just sheer will sure will and anytime i'm like having a day where i don't want to compete or anything i like think about him and i'm like he can't do this now and that's all he wanted to do type thing and it's like yeah yeah, it really changes how you live your life. Like, uh, I used to never uh, have that guilt. Oh, here's one for you on that. So, you might have some knowledge on this, actually. This is perfect. You're the conspiracy guy. Here was his conspiracy. Okay. So, Jeff drank Monster like crazy, right? Ooh. So, so he told me, this. Is, let me see if I got this right. So he says that Monster was 
used to have their slogan was feed the beast and the unleash, beast was unleash, unleash the, the beast. beast and it was cancer and that the three marks on the m are actually the six in i in in hebrew in hebrew yeah yeah and so it was six 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 unleash the beast and it and had the cross in the circle was an upside down cross oh yeah 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 so there's a so there's all of that and to and this day he says that's what gave it to him and i don't drink energy drinks because of him yeah um well i mean monster at least yeah i, I mean sorry monster. high fructose corn syrup is it's pure poison uh processed sugar you know i mean if you're here and there sure it's okay but the the processed sugar and high fructose corn syrup is going to be your number one causing uh cancer causing uh element um as well as like trans fats processed foods fucking doritos cheetos so you can get away with eating chips get them at the fucking health food store you can get away with drinking sodas. They make organic sodas at the health food store. I don't fuck with, you know, I drink the Zevias. Um, I've never been a huge soda guy. I drink the Zevias and stuff because they taste good. They were created by an ultra marathon runner. The guy's doing 100 mile marathons. But yeah, you know, so part of why he lived so long was because he changed his diet and then. You know, he found a passion in mixed martial arts. Right, you know? right. Like, think about it, like driving factor. Yeah, it's like yeah, it kept him inspired. It kept him in the game. You mm-hmm. know, imagine if he would have just been like, "Fuck it, what is life worth, anyways?" Went home, cracked those Doritos, and started drinking sodas and playing video games, and just for sure. No, he was always doing something, trying to race his dogs. He had huskies, and he. He had like a little scooter and he had the dog mushing set up and in the winter he'd switch it over like hilarious dude, dude lived. Yeah. You know, here's the cold blooded part about all that stuff is we have anti-cancer technology. We have the knowledge of how, you know, to heal everyone. The problem is. They're bombing us with fucking chemtrails, which is is geoengineering. They want to control the weather. So, you know, my I didn't believe in chemtrails for a long time. And I was a conspiracy theorist. I thought, ah, it's bullshit. Why would they do that? Da, 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 da. They're going to get sick, too. Well, when, then you, when you find out, it's because they're spraying this shit to control the weather. Then it makes more sense. You're like, oh, shit. Because they, they always inevitably want to play God. They, they want to prove that man is God. That's why it's man worship. That's why it's atheism. That's why it's, you know, creating our own gods rather than, you know, focusing on the God of creation, which is there is one ultimate creative source in this, in this fucking simulation, brother. Um, but yeah, man, it's. Yeah, we got we got technology. You know, in the 70s, they had cars that could get 100 miles to the gallon. They got cars that, guy, you know, scientists created that could run off water. They killed the motherfucker and took his patent, you know. There's all kinds of incredible sciences out there that have been suppressed because a small group of people has found a way to capitalize off human suffering while simultaneously feeding 
and unleashing the beast through their fucking dark occult murder rituals. And sex magic, that's what pedophilia is about, sex magic. Trafficking is about sex magic. Sex is a powerful energy. Think about making love to a woman that you're in love with. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, bro, but like when I've been with a lover that like I was super tight and close with, I mean, shit, time stands still, bro. Like you literally get, like, it's like that's the only thing on your mind. Like that's... That becomes your your reality. It's literally like a hallucinogenic, intimate, you know, passionate moment where nothing else, you don't notice your fucking shoulder pain, your knee pain. You know, you just travel to another dimension with your with your love. So imagine if you could take, which is the most beautiful thing that man could experience with a woman or or if you're a gay guy or a gay female or whatever, sure, you know. I'll say love is love as long as it doesn't involve children. Um, but they can do the polar opposite with that, with ritualistic cult inversion magic. And yeah, so we have the technology to do the most incredible, amazing things. But, you know, that's part of why a lot of this is like people like, well, a lot of what we're doing in life is nonsense. Doesn't there's it doesn't matter, yeah. right? Like, you know. So imagine if this shit it didn't matter was out of our life. Imagine if if instead of playing video games we had a communal garden, or communal fucking jujitsu, or communal muay thai, or mm-hmm. communal basket weaving, or communal painting or we're gonna have a dance down at the town center tonight you know just like simple you have food you have family you have love intimacy and and you have art and 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 praising the most high that's what like the real bare necessities of life are right right so all this other extra bullshit it's like useless bullshit it's just ejaculating our five senses and we're lost in that lack of discipline and what made me question everything is when we like that there's a power at work that's like they don't want to really solve the problems was when it's like you see things happen like they do the bailouts for big companies like dude that money could have gone to the little guy so many times but they didn't want to or like with this, how many other things could they have solved? This money could have went to something else and we would have still survived without shutting everything down. Like, but it could have gone to solve some of those issues, but they don't want to solve them completely. Like that's their, their cash cows. At, yeah. Well, the bailouts, think about this. I'm going to give you a really heavy hit in conspiracy right now. So they bailed out fucking Jeff Bezos. What did he do? He bought a fucking media company. They bailed out fucking Bill Gates. What did he do? He bought up all this extra farmland so he could fucking pawn off his fucking unhealthy ass beyond meat fucking vegan protein bullshit to people. So all these bailouts, they're giving all these people this paper money so they can buy up all these resources because let's be real, dude. When the farms crash, kind of like... And they could, like what happened in fucking Russia during the communist takeover, because that's what's happening in America right now. This is a communist takeover. 
and there's a direct link between communism and Satanism. Read books. There's like six books on Karl Marx and Satanism. Karl Marx, the founder of uh, communism. The, the book Rules for Radical, which is the Antifa handbook, uh, and also Solid, was written by Saul Alinsky, who was a hero of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, Barry Satoro. Who did fucking Rules for Radical Saul Alinsky dedicate his book to? Lucifer. What is communism? It is hell on earth. What does all the religions, whether they're Hindu, Buddhist, Christian, they're, they're pushing heaven on earth, right? Wouldn't you think, oh, it's hell on earth to be standing in lines for breadcrumbs and maybe a sip of milk once a week and, you know, the, the police are stomping your grandma's head in because she fell out of line or whatever, and, and, and it's happening to everybody in your community. Meanwhile, the only people that are flourishing is this small group of people at the top while everybody else suffers and eats shit. That is fucking hell on earth. And that is what COVID-19 is about. They are trying to enact the global communist socialist. Socialism isn't that bad if it, if it goes through what it says it's going to go through. Unfortunately, socialism is competing with human nature. And human nature will not allow this perfect, you know, socialist thing to reign. It, it, it's not going to happen like that. It's going to turn into fucking Venezuela or Cuba every fucking time or Soviet Russia. That's what the fuck is going to happen. So the the conspiracy of this paper, you know, that's just massively being printed right now is these guys are preparing for their global communist thing to work out for them. So in the end, when all the real estate marks, like it did during COVID, because everybody lost their fucking jobs and their businesses, massive real estate businesses on the market. What does that do? Drives the, the, the market down. They do this in the stock market all the time. And you know what? I said this at the beginning. I never heard anybody say it. I'm not a financial guy. I'm just a common sense guy. I pay fucking attention to my surroundings. I said it a month after COVID happened. They're crashing all these businesses because they're going to do what they do in the stock market. They're going to they're going to drop the real estate market out from underneath of it, and all these rich motherfuckers are going to come in and buy this real estate on pennies and on a dollar, and then they're going to fucking do these forced vaccines and all these corporations that made all this fucking money, the Walmarts, the Safeways, all this shit, and then they're going to do this fucking vaccine bullshit on people because these people flourished, and while everybody else was, you know, fucking losing their ass, these guys fucking made out like fucking bandits, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the fuck is happening with all this shit. So, I mean, fuck. And you also said something else after you said, you're like, oh, I don't understand why. Oh, oh, here's the second one. So you got that happening with these bailouts, right? right? right. Yeah. The money's going to these fucking scumbags like Bill Gates and, and Bezos and all these people. Then you have, which people aren't putting together. Um, then you have the fucking, um, that we're going to send taxpayers money to India to, for was... gender studies, right? Why are they doing that? I, oh my God. I'll tell you why they're doing the, it. Uh, yeah, that whole why, thing. Why it's, so people like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden's the Bidens and Hunter Biden's and all these motherfuckers that show up on a salary that's 150 grand a year and next thing you know 20 years later they're worth 50 to 100 mil 
Because what they're doing is they're okie-doking our tax money. They're sending a small portion of that to India. Hey, India, take take $10 million, send the $20 million back to us. And these politicians are enriching themselves through our money. And how they're doing it is through, like, uh, you know, nonprofits and charities and, and, and you know, they're somehow washing the money, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, that's why, the, you know, Obama, you know, leaves at a three $500,000 a year salary and winds up worth $120 million on a book deal. And, and how much fucking money did his book make? Probably didn't make shit. Right with that, with like the, the head of fucking CNN, one of the bald guy, I forget his fucking name, dirtbag, virtue signaler, cuck, soy boy, fucking doesn't even know if he's gay or straight. Um, wrote a book. He's four thousand and seven on the bestseller list right now, and he thought, and we're talking about a guy on CNN, right? So only a small percentage, I think they said that his book sold 2,000 copies in the first week. Only a small percentage of the country has really fallen for these people's bullshit. So, No, I mean, his book does have the potential to sell more, being that he was was the president. president. Sure. And, you know, there's a lot of Democrats out there, too. After what he did in eight years, people were like, oh, this guy's full of shit. By the time he left, people couldn't have been happier to see him go. You know, it's like, oh, he's he's this virtuous black guy that's going to, you know, save his own people. Shit all over the black community. And then dropped bombs all over brown-skinned people all over the Middle East. More bombs than the Bushes did. And they started the fucking war. Yeah, it was... That was... Yeah. Yeah, he didn't exactly do what he said he was going to do. Hope. Change. change. Vote for change. Uh, yeah, that, that was... That was my thing. I was, I was like, dude, there's no change. Still hasn't been. It's still, we're still getting fucked like we always have been. Yeah. And, you know, you got Kamala Harris is Obama 2.0. Gavin Newsom, same person Obama was. It's on both sides for 100% fucking sure. I yeah. think all politicians are scumbags. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on both sides for sure. There is rare cases in history where politicians are monarchs. They're scumbags still, but they do the right thing in some ways. Like, there's a reason why they killed Gaddafi. Well, I mean, there's human I don't know nature. What his, there's going to be some yeah. that are actually good. You know, I don't know what Gaddafi was doing behind closed doors. I do know that he set up a system to where his people could flourish to a certain extent. They could get free health care, free schooling, 401k type shit, gold-backed finances, and then who went in there? The Clintons, and they bombed the fuck out of him and killed him. Dude, yeah, that was like, they didn't just kill him. They, like, made it a very public thing, too. Like, I'll never forget watching that video. You see him out there, and they, like, sodomized him and stuff. And he's just like, ah, yeah, because, this is happening. Wow. Yeah, Holy they crap. made it public yeah. because they wanted these other people that were thinking about doing like what he did in his country to make it better for his country, he was a nationalist, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Bush Sr. through Obama, what do they talk about? All of them talked about globalism. There's been one president in my lifetime that talked about nationalism. Everybody hated him. I thought he did an okay job. Didn't vote for him. Don't trust him. Didn't think he did a terrible job. And uh, Until the last year when he became the world's biggest vaccine salesman and locked us all down. Um 
But everybody else talked about globalism. So if you're a nationalist and you're doing right by your country, man, the globalists don't like that shit. It's just weird how he was like on the good side and then on the bad side all of a sudden with Gaddafi. Like, you know, he wasn't, he was an ally for a while and then kind of well, they, they overthrew that regime. We kind of went through in the 80s, Gaddafi was mm-hmm. a problem. I remember that at Gaddafi and. And the head of Russia, I forget his name, Gorbachev, Gaddafi. There was a few of those guys. And then he disappeared for a while and then came back, wrote a book. I forget the book that he wrote, but it was a good book. Um, and, uh, and they slaughtered him because he was for nationalism. And nationalism isn't a bad thing, dude. Like the, the most, the countries that flourish the hardest are like. That's all good. The country that flourished the hardest, you look at like the Norwegian, the Norse countries and all that. These motherfuckers are flourishing. But yeah, man. Fucking. Anyhow, freaking. You got any uh, closing things you want to talk about or say? I have a lot to look into now. Um, Being that I am a, uh, so to speak, a novice when it comes to this uh yeah there's a lot that i don't look into because it's just you get freaked out pretty quickly if you start looking too deep and uh no i appreciate you having me on yeah um yeah a lot to look into man yeah you're open-minded that's that's what matters a lot of it is it's freaky and shit and it can be really overwhelming. You gotta take breaks from the shit. Um, I just, I can just make it. It's, it's bullet points. It's whatever your television and the media says is a fucking lie. Hollywood's included in on that. Whatever your politicians are telling you, ninety nine percent of the time, ninety five percent of the time, it's a fucking lie. Um, and and the ones that do try and make change, might be changing. I don't fucking know. I know there's some really weird shit going on with the military in the background right now. I don't know what's happening. These audits are tripping me out. These these election audits, those are tripping me out. Trump was a fucking anomaly of a president. Uh, the, the more the media hated him, the more it made me like him. The more the left lied and pulled uh, tricks, the more I liked the MAGA movement and the black conservatives because I felt like they were punk rock. They were like, they were anomalies, you know, a black conservative. And most people don't even realize the blacks started the conservative party. And the Democratic Party started the KKK to fucking terrorize the blacks and a voting Democrat. Um, but anything your TV tells you is a fucking lie, 99% of the time. School taught you a bunch of fucking lies, a bunch of useless shit that doesn't matter. They didn't want you to get ahead in life. They wanted you to fall in line and be a worker bee and go out and get your fucking vaccine like the rest of the people, even though you have immune system, which can heal you from the fucking flu. And... Uh, there is a fucking secret cabal of people that want you and your family dead. <laughs> that is a fact. Everything that I just told you, th- those are the bullet points. You can dive into all the shit you want, but those are the bullet points. And uh, yeah, man, it was great having you on the show, dude. Yeah, thanks dude, for coming thanks on. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. You want to plug yourself, social media, or anything? Uh, Jake Blasky. Just look me up on all sites. Lim Reaper. He's out there fucking putting chokeholds on people. One at a time. His leg lock game is is on fire. Getting there. 
All right, guys. Thanks for listening.